Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, as the robot invasion of Mars continues and the humans refuse to be responsible for their own words, it's another Rich and Bellelli chat, including social media is not a good place for complex ideas. Talking shit the company doesn't like will get you fired. Freedom of speech does not protect you from consequences. And think, cancel culture 500 years ago would get you burned at the stake. Youch! And now... Asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows podcast begins now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another fine episode of the Drunken Dows podcast, episode 196. Again, we sit in the beautiful sunshine confines of the backyard of the secret hideout location of one Daniele Bolelli. And there he is right across the table from me, socially distanced, freshly filled with pancakes. He's in a good way. (laughs) My good man, always good to do this in person. Every time we have tried Zoom, it's been like horrendous, nasty, terrible sound quality. So this is not the same. No. And in fact, that makes it hard with guests because it's like... Well, in any case. Well, we can put the guests in the sauna in the future. Right. Mic them. That's and the wave goal. to them from a distance. That is the goal. <laughs> Let's say thank you to a few sweet folks, starting with the nice people at Shore Design T-shirts who have, I love their stuff. They are nothing but fantastic people. They do great things for the workers there in Thailand. They are, they are phenomenal. I love them. Check out Shore Design T-shirts and their sister website, harem pants we got some freaky tie-dyed harem pants coming our way just do you yeah nice i'll have a full report and some photos sweet love <laughs> it uh grasslandbeef.com i actually need to look into my freezer to see if i have goodies for you or not oh man there's uh if you guys are you know if you consider grocery shopping please check out grasslandbeef.com for all your goodies there extremely high quality stuff they are nice to us so that's a win check them out i found frozen bison in the back of my freezer a few weeks ago have you and so it's oh, like on. on yeah bison is my favorite zebraathletics.com i'm finally getting to train in my homemade dojo i got to roll with savannah man had a great roll the next day i was wiped out i haven't <laughs> trained in a while it's just i was so tired but uh, yeah if you consider putting on mats especially at home you know you need some space to train uh, zebra athletics mats are fantastic so zebraathletics.com and of course shout out to Aum Aum. winery and matera wines uh both of them have sent us some fantastic wines over time deeply deeply appreciated uh having said all that we should also thank the people who have been supporting us so let's go screw up a few people's name awesome let the pottering begin Starting with Ross Cranham, Frederick Hahn, Aistis Juska, John Vergara, Gregory Richmond, Thomas Robinson, Nick Zunik, Lisa Robles, Nicola Togni, Keith Scarlett, Samuele Rudelli, Jim D'Amico, Froggy Style Production, Kevin Kilbride, and Lane Raper. You guys are fantastic. Thank you so much for supporting us Thank when so nobody's much. forcing you. But it's a sweet thing to do. If you want to join this brave band of heroes, please go to paypal.me forward slash dbolelli. Again, paypal.me forward slash the letter D as in Daniele. And then B-O-L-E-L-L-I. Or the other way to help us out is just if you shop on Amazon, use our link and then do your shopping through Amazon. The link is dbamazing.com. Again, dbamazing.com. Dbamazing. All of these are sweet things you can do to help us out, and they are all deeply appreciated. With that in mind, let's go rolling.
Did you watch the rover video? No, I did not. They have cameras strapped to that thing every which way to Sunday. And like three years ago, maybe a little further back, I got to go to JPL. And inside the clean room, like 85 feet away from me, was the sky crane that delivered the rover. Because it's this instant crane thing. Like after it pops out of its capsule, it's got engines around it. The rover's tucked inside of it. And it flies down and it gets to like 10, 15 meters, parks, hovers, and brink, 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 a little crane Drops the rover onto the ground. That's cool. And then it flies away because it's the only way. The atmosphere is so thin that even the parachute and even the burning your way in is not enough to slow you down. So they had to have something to place it there. Like the early rovers, I don't even remember, they were giant like beach balls that inflated around it and it just boing, boing. Right. Boing. So now this thing landed it right in place, but I was so nervous. Not as nervous as the folks that did all the hard work. But I am just sure. Having, just having been in its presence... And know that, you know, it's funny. When they first get the signal that, all right, I'm going in, mm -hmm. it's already over. Right. So it's either smashed in the ground or it's landed. So all that stuff is like yeah. just watching it tick away. And, Plan okay. Planning stuff happening a zillion miles away must be a complicated endeavor, to say the least. But just you think about it. I mean, the, the night after, like, Mars was right next to the moon. And you just look and you're like, the thought of figuring out how to get a, a rock... There. Yeah, no, and that's this is like a Miata. Yeah, that's what's trippy too, because some people are saying now, uh, you know, to our people who are like, ah, space exploration is a waste of time. Yep. We should worry about stuff here, which, it, you know, I can see some logic to that. But the problem with that, one of the ideas is somebody was saying, look, all the environmental problems that we have, if you could, uh, since there doesn't seem to be any push whatsoever or any dramatic improvement to our green technologies that are truly can satisfy the insane amount of demands for energy that exist on Earth. Yep. If you could take that outside and you can mine an asteroid or something, that would change the whole game. If it were. It's trippy. It's really trippy to think because it requires you to think so far beyond what we have now and what we understand now that, uh, like with most new things, is like there's always that thing. Is like, are you... Are you solving the world problem or are you opening Pandora's box and fucking things up 10 times more? Well, it's those um, terrible negative attitudes, too. It's like, oh, why do we spend all this money? It's like, NASA is one, it's a half of a oh, percent yeah. of the budget. Yeah. The military. No, of course, of course. It's a whole a other trillion thing. trillion dollars. Yeah, yeah. It's a the, whole... the amount we pay on the debt yeah. is like 17% of the budget. And no, it's a whole other game. Oh, in they're fact. just doing it to figure out how to bomb aliens. And no, man, they're not. These people are not. <laughs> no, and that's the thing that's trippy is that uh, yeah, the, all the complaints about we don't have the money for it yeah. rarely ever are for let's have a nice Iraq war or let's have you know <laughs> that stuff. There's always money for, Plenty but money somehow for that. the yeah, it's crazy. And I soon found out that it was all fake. Huh. Yeah, the internet told me that that. Ah, I see. I see. I see. Okay, I was like actually believing you. I was like, see? what? That's so hard to tell. The, the, it's a shot in Burbank. Yeah, the yeah, man. That's the trippy <laughs> part about um, modern culture. Intern, that actually gets me going on a long rant because I've been thinking a lot about you know social media and internet and all of that, and it's. It's kind of trippy because in the old model was not a good model. You know, in the pre-internet, pre-social media days, the old model was that anything that was published, recorded, or filmed had to go through a vetting process. Controlled by rich white guys. Pretty much. It was you had the gatekeepers of these various industries decided what would see the light of day that would get to be seen by lots of people and yep. what would remain as something that you tell your four friends at the bar or that you... Or that, you know, you can publish uh, three pieces of paper stuck together that you distribute end-to-end -to, -end to 100 people kind of thing. You know, that was about the extent of... Uh... And obviously that model has problems because the judgment of the gatekeepers, I'm sure it kept some fantastic things from ever seeing the light of day. Surely. Um, that's not a good thing. Internet, on the other hand, unleashed this... Uh, really a revolution. The democratization of information is something that changed everything. You know, now anyone with an internet connection can publish content on YouTube, on social media, on things. You can have, you know, we're talking before we started recording about 
you know, some kids who listen to music and put their reaction to music and suddenly millions of people watch it for, and you're like, how does that even work? That you are in your little room somewhere in the middle of nowhere and you put something out there that can has the potential to reach millions and millions of people. Yeah, even our, uh, we were talking earlier as well about our humble endeavor would never have happened no. without the time of the internet. Drunken, we would have never even met if yeah. it wasn't for social media. That that's how we originally met each other. I wouldn't be doing history on fire. There are ten thousand things that I love both doing and consuming that would have never happened without. So of course I'm not shitting on this in any way, shape, or form. And there are humongous advantages to this. You know, the unleashing of the democratization of information that internet has created has been great on many levels. Um, it sounded like, in theory, because the old models suck and these offer so many good things, it sounded like, this is great. Mm -hmm. To a point. <laughs> you know, there's... Um, you ever read Walden by Toro? It was years ago, but yes. Yes. There's a funny line in Walden where Toro writes, We are in great haste to construct a magnetic telegraph from Maine to Texas. But Maine and Texas, it may be, have nothing important to communicate. There is something to be said about quality, you know. <clears throat> this idea that everyone has a voice is a sweet concept, provided that everyone has something either interesting or at least non-poisonous to contribute. Mm, that doesn't seem to be the case. Which, unfortunately, while again, it, there are plenty of people who have that and produce fantastic stuff, and thank you, Internet, for this, there's also the opening of the floodgates to just mass amounts of disinformation, conspiracy theories, straight up hateful rhetoric and things that, you know, not that this stuff didn't exist in the old system. Of course it did. But you, it had to be kept somewhat more in check. There was a sense of professionalism that limited just how bad you could be openly yep. be. Uh, this obviously is not the case with the, with the modern system where anybody can put anything out there and, and find um, like-minded folks that yep. have been sitting in the shadows themselves for all these years. You know, yep. Oh, I can't say anything. Oh, hell, look at there. And the consequences are terrible. You yeah. know, you saw from the storming of the capital to all sorts of things, you know. Because if it was just like, okay, you have to sift through a bunch of stupidity and narcissism and hatred in order to get to the good stuff, it's like, okay, it's a price to pay. The problem is there are consequences to this stuff. It's not just somebody's mouthing off and it ends there. It's, it has a big effect on both individuals and society that's a lot less than desirable. No, radicalization of folks was not quite as easy pre-internet. No, definitely a faster Especially faster. I mean, you oh, could yeah. clearly you could get some, you know, loner. It's the the plague is spreading through our village. Clearly, must be the Jews who poison the water. You know, it still happened. Yeah, it still happened. That kind of shit with terrible consequences. It just usually would take a little bit longer to get to it, yeah. and then there would be lull in the action in between terrible things. It is a twenty-four-seven kind of process. Now, there's a quote by Nietzsche that wins the prize for being probably the least democratically-minded quote of all time, or at least is a good runner-up. I'm going to steal myself for this one. Yeah, you should. It goes, <laughs> everyone been allowed to learn to read ruins in the long run, not only writing, but also thinking, which is like, oh, that's a little much. Um, but at the same time, you know, the problem, it's its exactly the problem that we're seeing now, that you have absolute geniuses and complete damasses having access exactly the same to the same platform. Now, if an absolute genius is uh, already famous for some reason, of course, their impact is going to be different from Mr. Damas next door. Yep. <laughs> but if, no offense to my neighbors who are nice, uh, except for the guy who was letting the car alarm go off every other second we hate that guy we have to record this thing like 52 times by now <laughs> but uh, the, um, the problem is when it's not you know when you start from an even playing field in the sense that somebody's absolutely brilliant but there's no platform nobody knows them yet it's just the quality of their ideas versus the quality of the idea that mr damas is producing that gets a lot more complicated because you know you hear all the time this idea that uh you know, the way you defeat bad ideas is through good ideas. 
I always think of, you know that scene in Game of Thrones where the old nan is sitting there and she goes like, and she goes like, ah, oh, my poor sweet summer child, right? Where she goes like, that's the reality of it. It's like, yeah, in an ideal world, that, that's a perfect concept. I like it. It makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside when you hear it. It's like, ah, that's a very good... Demo it saves the democratic process, while at the same time, quality will shine through. The problem, clearly, is that for this to be true, it would require the people listening to be able to separate good ideas from bad ideas. It would require people consuming the information to be something other than complete idiots. You know, was the old George Carlin thing? Think about how stupid uh, the average person is, and, and then half think of them that are dumber than them. exactly. Yeah, that's not a reassuring thought. At the same time, and by the way, I'm not one of those guys. You know, there are these people who like make uh, they are like flaunting their IQ or bullshit like that, or even believe that that shit say something about a human being. I'm definitely not in that camp. I feel that there are plenty of people who are far from geniuses who are way more delightful and amazing human beings to be around. So I'm, I don't give a fuck how many books you read or whatever, you know, what your quote-unquote intelligence in a pure abstract way is like. Well, there seem to be a lot of assholes with big, uh, like, Harvard and Yale Yeah, for sure. So I'm, I'm not in any way making it... could ever be around. 100% right. You know, you're 100% right. So I'm not saying intelligence in that sense. Intelligence is a mix of things, of, like, traditional intelligence, but also kindness, sweetness, sensitivity, a lot of other things that go with it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people don't have any of those things, you know? And so then that's where it become a problem because then uh, the reality is that, you know, internet, social media, all of this is doomed by the same virus that dooms pretty much everything else from uh, political system to religious ideals and all of it. And that's really the quality of the people embracing those ideas or those values or those technologies or whatever that is because well, you know as we look back through history uh printing press yeah seems pretty awesome yeah but didn't that lead to more kind of a clamp down by the church well and it led also to some 150 years of bloodshed of people killing each other over we are protestant no we're catholics yeah we share about 75 percent of our theology but let's kill each other in the name of the other 25 percent you yeah. know it's like so there's, and unfortunately, I mean, if you look at, like, take any religion, pretty much, there are some great ideas in pretty much any religion you can think of. There are some fantastic ideas. So even if you look at, like, you know, I'm not a big fan of Christianity, but you look at a lot of, like, Jesus lines attributed to him in the Bible. Yeah. They're sweet. If people actually stuck to those, and then you see those kind of lines turned into pretty much its opposite, into pure perversion of the concept through dumb people adopting them, dumb mean people adopting them. And then suddenly, in the name of Jesus, you know, love your enemies, turn the other cheek, we have to burn you at the stake if you don't believe that. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And you see that, I mean, even in terms of political systems, right? The classic, there's um, Polybius, a Greek writer in ancient times, had this thing of like the three main models of politics back in the old days, which was monarchy, uh, aristocracy and democracy. And he was arguing they both have their dark side. They all have their dark side. Monarchy can turn into... Monarchy is monarchy if you have the enlightened king, but it becomes tyranny in the hands of a dumb dictator. Yep. Aristocracy, as in literally the Greek term, the rule of the best in a society, oh. become oligarchy, the rule of few assholes who are few, but they are not the best. And... But democracy, they sure think they are. Right. Democracy, which sounds cool, you know, everybody got to have a voice, become just mob rule in the hands of an uneducated set of people. That would never happen. And so that is the problem that none of this is. Like, if you tell me, do you want a monarchy? No, because bad things happened with it. But if you tell me some absolute fantastic human being is the universal ruler of the world, I don't give a crap. It's about the quality that is the problem, not the system itself, or right. even an aristocracy or even a democracy. They all work great if the quality of the people involved is high. And they all work horribly if the quality of people involved is not high. And so it almost, boils, like everything, ends up boiling down to that problem, which is an, kind of an inescapable one, because how do you make people be 
smart. Yeah, less <laughs> dumb and less mean. Especially in a society that really doesn't uh, get too excited about any of those things. Uh, it's all flash and glamour and cult of celebrity. It's nothing about, wouldn't it be awesome if the kids that were best at school were rewarded and, and held in high esteem? Well, and that's also, I think, his problem with the human psyche. Why, for example, when we study history, we remember every war there ever was, and there are not exactly huge tomes being written about uh, the sweet lady so-and-so was nice to her neighbor and <laughs> nothing dramatic happened, but she was a really cool human being. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like the human psyche is geared toward paying attention to anything that's related to fear and outrage. And, of course, those are not desirable you know they are good in the sense that they, they can warn you of a danger ahead but they also make you pay attention all the time to negative stuff rarely to positive stuff well and then who writes the history that makes it even worse right so i think that becomes it's a tricky thing because you know you can make the most sophisticated great sweet argument write it out and then somebody can write we should kill all those guys because they are the reason why we have it. And they are going to get a ton of attention compared to the sweet, sophisticated argument. I don't know how you get out of that. And were we on this track without the Internet? 15 years ago, was yeah. it all rolling this way that eventually these people in the shadows with their terrible racist thoughts, they, I mean, they were, were not all... going away. They were certainly around, but no, they, they were did always not have the capacity there. to... Was that eventually going to boil out and just the internet was like the worst thing at the worst moment? I guess it's one of the things. It's really like people who say, oh, all this is terrible. We should go back 100 years ago. It's like you're crazy, not only because it's not realistic, but also because 100 years ago it sucked. You yeah. know, they were terrible. So it's not at all uh, we should go back to the old days kind of thing because the old days were not good. Is The old model sucked yeah. and the new model kind of sucks too for very different reasons. And and I think that's the problem with models, that models, in theory, they can be good one way. You know, if the guardians of industry, if the gatekeepers were super smart and brilliant and truly keep out all the crap while letting all the great stuff come in, I don't have a problem with the model. If, uh, again, the <laughs> average person could separate crap and not pay attention to it from great stuff and give it attention, this model works great. It's not the model that's the problem. It's the people involved that's the problem. Yeah, the reality surrounding it all doesn't help either. Yeah. Like, that's, those are all great ideas in a place where all the factories didn't close in the past 30 years. Yeah. And and all they've done is sat around upset looking for somebody to shake it all up. Careful what you ask for, Dan Carlin. Yeah. And I think, again, an idea. some models are obviously better than others, but none of them are can transcend the quality of the people involved. And when you make it a mass thing, I mean, when you make it more than a small number of selected people, of course, inevitably, the quality becomes whatever the quality of everything else is, becomes the average quality. And then that's when you got some problems. I heard a great quote the other day. Do tell. If voting actually counted for something, mm -hmm. they wouldn't let us do right? it. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. It's like... So that's... Mildly related, somewhat related, I guess, to another thing that... Um, so this has made me super popular lately in uh, discussing things. Lately, I've decided I have way too many assholes on social media either follow me or something that I don't know how the hell if they ever listen to a word I say or what, but they are philosophically and anthropologically 180 degrees from anything I remotely like. So once in a while, I find a political post or something similar are the best way to draw them out so I can block them and be done with it kind of thing and make my feed more pleasant. So I probably decided there was that um, Gina Carano story. Yeah. Like um, Gina Carano, former MMA fighter, who then became an actress, uh, was in The Mandalorian. Yep. That's the name. And, you know, the thing with Carano, so what happened is this, is she started saying stuff that was, uh, started going in a more political direction, more conservative political direction. Okay. Once she started kind of tone deaf on like transgender pronouns and things and, you know, her co-star 
Uh, what's the guy's name? I like that guy. He was in Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, uh, Pablo. Pedro. Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Pedro Pascal. Yeah. He um, he kind of called her on it, and you know they are friends, so he could do it in a way that she was receptive to that, and she was like, okay, I get it. So maybe there's another way to approach that topic, and and then she started doing it again and again and again with other things, but all basically related, and clearly. I don't know. I'm always amazed when people are like, what do you think is going to happen? You work for Disney. Disney is a corporation that for the average peon, not the stars or anything, if you have facial hair, they fire you. They fire you if you if you sneeze the wrong way, they fire you because they have this super squeak clean corporate image that they want to uphold. And that's their gig. Yep. If you start posting on social media stuff that's going to alienate a percentage of their audience... How long do you think you're going to last? Well, I do believe she was warned along the way. Yes. And so it's like they tell you once, and Disney does not usually tell you. They fire you, period, right? They tell you once, they tell you twice, they tell you three times. They were even thinking of doing a spin-off show with her as a lead. You'd think that would have been enough to say, you know what, maybe I'll keep this to yeah. myself. Which, by the way, would have been a disaster because she's a sweet girl. But as an actress, let's be real, you know, not part. But whatever, you know, in any case, she just couldn't stop, right? And so, and then Disney decided, we are not renewing your contract. And she, and it was, she was like, <gasps> You know, especially not so much. I mean, her, yes, for sure, but mainly a lot of her fans were like, censorship, this is horrible. How could Disney do that? And to me, it's like, it's the equivalent of people going into the ocean and screaming outrage that, you know, sharks can actually bite you. It's like, no, you don't say. Really? Who's That's how it works. This? Yeah, it's like outrage. This is a moral. And that's where, you know, I got into this discussion for the hell of it. Again, boss lit for the sake of cleaning up my feed. And uh, man, I had from uh, I'm a communist wanting to squash free speech to I'm a fascist wanting to squash free speech. They should talk to each other, maybe decide which one I am. Because, you know, it's like the I had a guy, you know, for the sake of being nice and for the sake of the fact that I won't mention the name, but somebody who has actually been a guest of ours, incredible podcaster, not Dan Carlin, by the way, Dan, there's never an issue like this, but like he literally told me in short order after I started going into this topic that A, I'm a fascist, that my grandma would have shot me, that uh, I'm hypocritical, and what else is it? That I'm a slave to corporate media and uh, what they tell me to believe. Like, okay, that sounds like you. I yeah. don't know what you can do about that. Right? It's like, yep, you got me nailed down perfectly. Now, I'm not, let's be very clear on this whole topic, which we're going to get into right now, like cancel culture and free speech and all of that. Yeah. Before I dive into it, let's just state it for the people in the back. I'm not advocating that it's a great idea to that I'm like, yes, we should uh, all spend our time on Twitter forming online mobs so that anytime somebody says something awful, we should. Uh, there was a beautiful hawk that wow, swam by. Wow, look at him. Or her. Yeah, fantastic. Look how beautiful. Where's Azog? Um, the, um, yeah, I know. Keep that. <laughs> I'm, not I'm not saying this is a great thing. I'm just saying, welcome to reality where gravity exists, the sharks bite you, and, you know, this is like being morally outraged that if you throw something up in the air, it falls back down. It's like, that's just the way life works. And not just now, it's not like some evil corporation. In, in all times and all places, if you expressed ideas that the people who hire you, don't want to deal with either because they decide that they are bad for business because they alienate customers or because of their own personal bias that they like some ideas and not others yep. but if at the water cooler at the office you said uh, we should fill in the blanks whatever opinion would get you in trouble you would have gotten fired back then so this is not just a technology new media internet twitter kind of thing this is it has always been this way well, it seems that there's a lot of confusion about the First Amendment, that just because you have freedom of speech doesn't protect you from the consequences of what you blab. 
Yeah, I mean, that's... He's like, oh, I've got the First Amendment, so I can say anything I want to, and I'm protected, and you can't do anything about it. So That's insanity. Right, for the people in the back, First Amendment covers government cannot put you in jail for having certain opinions. Yep. You know, for sure. There are even some limits on, like, you do can get in trouble for making terrorist threats. You can, you know... fire in a crowded theater. Yeah, so there are a couple of limitations to free speech, even when it comes to government. Yeah. But this applies to government, not to anything else. You know, private companies can and will do whatever they want if they don't like what you have to say for whatever reason. It could be a good reason. like your shoes. They can be like, oh, those aren't safe enough. You just, we told you plenty of times, goodbye. Yeah. Could be a good reason, could be a bad reason. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, it's like I, I'm sad that uh, if you show any nudity on Facebook, you get a ban. But those are the fucking rules. That's how it is. You know, it's like that's how they do it. It's like I can disagree, but doesn't matter. You know, that's their platform. Like nobody owes you a platform. What happened? Have we always been this way where accountability is, you know, Oh, I should be able to say whatever I want to and nobody can do anything. And if I do say something that upsets people, you know, I'm being held accountable for my actions. Well, and this is where to me it's funny because a lot of the the people who are outraged about these things are the people who then scream about, you know, personal responsibility, pull yourself up oh, by your God. bootstraps and accountability. And it's like, and then you're whining like crazy over something that's just a fact of life. Now, again, I'm not thinking that, you know, again, let's break it down to the basic. Companies exist for one reason and one reason only, and that is to make money. money. If they feel that you mess with their bottom line, they will get rid of you. If you are your own boss, of course, no one will fire you, but you have customers that may decide that they don't want to deal with you and you're going to lose a big chunk of your customers. That's your choice. Same way as it's your choice whether you want to put something out online or not and then decide to deal with the consequences or not. And I think that's the the thing that drives me crazy about it is it's real simple. It's like if you want to, like people think social media is like a private thing. Anytime you post something out there, it's a public statement. Think they are giving a job interview, thinking that you have a microphone in your hands and you have a ton of people listening because depending on how many people you have, it may be few, it may be a lot, but that, that's the reality. You have a microphone that you're putting out there. So yep. it's a public, it's not like the comment over dinner with your friend. It's something that you're putting out there for the public. And by the way, internet being what it is, it's forever to stay out there in one form or another. And when your day does come, do not think that people are not going to go sift through every utterance and muttering you ever made. Of course, made. of course. And so is it a great thing that you have to worry about every little thing? No, but that's the nature of the beast. Yep. If you don't want that, don't play that game. It's pretty simple. So you have three options, I think. You can not use social media because you decide that it's not worth the drama. You can use social media, but all you do is post about puppies and flowers and inspirational quotes and maybe talk about your job in the most... You know, if Gina Carano posted about MMA and acting and you know, Star Wars trivia and their puppies... You can use social media. Or you can decide to go into controversial opinions and throw them out there. And I have nothing against that. You know, I was like, by all means, go for it. Just don't surprise if there's don't be surprised if there's a backlash. Because yep. that's just how life works. You know, anything I mean, I anytime I put something out there that is not puppies and flowers, I fully expect that there's gonna be a backlash, and sometimes there is. And I've had I mean, shit, think about the opinion factor or like how, or my favorite part on this, because it's mostly, this is a kind of a more of a conservative thing, complaining about big, evil, liberal media trying to brainwash us and Twitter and so on. Yep. If you if you work for Ben Shapiro and you go with uh, to work with a Che Guevara t-shirt every day, I can guarantee you, you're not going to last one and a half minutes. You get fired <laughs> right away. It's not a, this is more a factor of winning or losing the culture wars. You know, anytime conservatives are in charge of something, they'll do the same exact shit in terms of canceling or firing or things if they have the power. And when they do, they do, period, you know. So it's just generally speaking, society has gone in a direction where you cannot say certain things 
but again, this is not a this is not even a big political conspiracy. This is just the way history is leading toward. Sure. So again, you want to say, I'm all for saying controversial shit. Deal with the fact that there are consequences, and if you don't want to deal with that, then don't say it. And again, I'm not advocating this is the way it should be in an ideal world. I'm saying as long as there are differences of opinion, it's always going to be this way. So this whole idea of cancel culture, like it's a new thing, is like you've not been paying attention to all of human history up until this point. Or their very actions in the past decade. I mean, yeah. this, this has gone Cancel way, culture 500 years ago, you get burned at the stake. Yeah. It's a little worse than getting your tweets deleted, you know? I wonder how Al Franken would think it's, about this idea. I mean, he really didn't do much of something and erased himself. Yeah. It's, it's gone both ways for so long. Is this sort of a, is this the last grasp that we're in this moment where, I will say it cautiously, but the sort of white, Christian, at least acting heterosexual power group, they're clearly losing their grip. I mean, certainly when you have had power for a long time and you start losing it, you freak out. Yeah. It's, uh, there's, I've seen multiple books about Christians are an oppressed minority, and I'm like, okay, Not in this country. Not quite. No. I'll, never have I seen anybody. No, I've never seen it in this country. But, and the fact that they think that is insanity. I've seen some Muslim folks have a hard time. I've seen some Jewish folks have some hard time. But, you know, the thing is, in the right context, everybody can be, if you run into a crowd that's particularly one-sided, you're going to be in the minority. Yes. In any single, co you can be the absolute majority in a country, and in that particular room, you are in the minority, and you get treated a certain way. Welcome to how everyone else gets treated. That's just how, again, this is how it works. Yep. People... People tend to be quickly hostile to people who hold radically different values than they do. This applies to everybody, okay? And in some cases, the it sucks because, you know, you are not trying to start a fight. You just have uh, different takes and other people hate you for it. In some cases, it's actually a blessing because I love how people are through social media are outing themselves. You know, I how many you know ultra racist guys have you seen fire from their job because they can't keep their mouth shut and they put like uh, I hate whatever particular ethnic group they hate on their Facebook or yep. Twitter and then they get fired and it's like and then act shocked and that's actually a good thing because if you think about like for example in law enforcement, bunch of cops who decided to write absolutely god-awful shit lose their job and you're like man that's a great public service because these are people otherwise who would be on the street who would be doing terrible things who would then create the backlash and the riots and all of it yep. so thank god for people being too dumb to know that they shouldn't put some st awful thoughts out there they do and they lose their jobs as a result but of course, you know, for each one of those cases, there are plenty of cases where this phenomenon becomes uh, a gang war over opinions. And, you know, we need to boycott so-and-so because he believes different than I do. And it can get kind of ugly, for sure, you know. And again, I think that's the point that everybody misses on these, like, this is not an advocating now. This is the ideal setup of how it should be. I'm just saying this is how it is. And to act surprised, it's disingenuous. Is just either you're not paying attention or you're only selectively surprised and outraged when it affects your beliefs, but you don't really care about the principle behind it. So to me, it's just, I don't know. It seems um, like a terrible trap we're in. Yeah, and... Because um, are we going to spend the next two decades just digging up dirt on everyone so that we get, oh, we caught you. I think that's how it works. Yeah, I really think I that's how, how it is. I don't it. think it changes. And all these, again, the outrage over, oh, Twitter shouldn't be this way. Because what, do you think that if you create the conservative Twitter tomorrow, they are not going to start banning people who have different ideas? And yeah. Of course. It's just how it, you know, you sign up for a service. There are pretty clear rules. You break them. Oh, I wonder how that happened. It's... It's, and it's fragmentation it almost seems like in a dangerous way that we'll never glue it back together. And, and I think that's the problem also with social media, that if you're, if you're, Gina Carano is your friend and she shows up at dinner and she say the exact same thing, you're like, 
hey, um, about that, let's talk about it. And you can have a conversation and more likely than not, not always, but sometimes you can have a conversation that's actually productive where she tones down and she sees it from a different side and tweaks it 10%. You are a little more tall. You understand where she was coming from and is not as awful as you thought it was. And, and you can have a conversation that works. On social media, within one response is, you are a psycho Nazi. No, you are the personification of cancel culture, you evil communist. Fuck you, no, fuck you. And it's like, okay, that didn't work so well. So unfortunately, social media is not a very good way to discuss complex ideas or controversial ideas. It just isn't. You know, it's like either people respond to it because they are already on that same wavelength, yep. or if you need to have dialogue, let me rephrase. If you need to have productive dialogue, that's not the place where it's going to happen in 99 <laughs> cases out of 100. <laughs> You're going to get some dialogue, but... Yeah. I mean, again, like my unnamed friend who decided to be a complete asshole when talking about these things online, and it really pissed me off because I'm like, dude, if we're friends, there's a level of trust there. If you decide to go that route, if you were in person, there are two cases. Either you are smart enough and you would never say it, or I would headbutt the fuck out of you within like a millisecond of the words leaving your lips. So why do you think that you can do it when you're online? And I, it really is something that angered me because it feels like uh, a betrayal in a yeah. way, a betrayal of trust, but whatever. In person... I've never had an unpleasant conversation with him, despite the fact that we disagree on some value ideas and so on. You know, in person has always been sweet and understanding the other person's viewpoint and saying, ah, okay, but, and perfect, right? Exactly how you would want a conversation to go. And up behind the computer and suddenly you're a complete asshole. And that tells me that, tells me multiple things, but one of the things that it tells me is that that medium is terrible for conversations about subjects that where people don't agree already, where the odds of things going south really fast are astronomical. Speaking of astronomical, like going straight back to where we started uh -huh. with the silly rover. Yeah. Um, immediately there are folks like, how dare we waste the money on this in a time of such tragedy, so much human. Like that budget was set 15 mm -hmm. years ago. And... The climbing on, it was immediate. Like, you were either on, yes, this is the worst waste of money of all time, and how dare we treat this, to folks who are like, look, the things that come from the science that is learned is it's important. It's not important. It's only there if you want to make bombs, and we're just doing this to learn how to destroy other planets. Yeah. It's like, there's no middle ground. Yeah, and again, you're absolutely right. It's hard enough in general to find middle ground, but in person in a friendly atmosphere, yes. those discussions can actually take place to some degree. There are, you know, people kill each other over Thanksgiving dinner all the time because it's like, how dare you say that, you evil racist shit? No, you are a communist pinko, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> so so true. it does happen in person. But generally speaking, people, A, tend to be more polite in person because they can get punched in the face. Yep. B, they also see the humanity behind the words. And so they don't just stick to the words you said that they may find completely demented, but they also see you're still a nice person. Uh, and there's two filters. There's the filters of I hear those words that I disagree with, but also this person saying these words is not somebody I hate and dislike. It's actually there's some good stuff in there. And then that's where that communication can become more nuanced, can become more productive, can become more interesting. But think about all these, I mean, these generations that it's always been with them and the idea of just blurting out whatever sort of horse yep. shit you want to blurt. They didn't have that time where the conversations were four people in a car riding around. Yep. They've been locked in front of their computers and they've never experienced it and they have no notion that it even exists. And that is a real danger. Yeah, because it becomes a two-way street. On one hand, it becomes a place for them to vent. They have all this frustration and anger and hatred inside, and it needs to come out somewhere, so yep. might as well. But then, of course, the more you read and the more time you spend reading messages like that, the more it actually feeds oh, that hatred and anger. I and hear all. you. Exactly. I feel your pain. I feel the same way. 
and also there's that and also just the, if you are exposed to shit all the time you're more likely to put out shit as a result right that yep. you know if all you hear is like people yelling at each other soon enough you start yelling at two and you start getting the same way so it's that's why to me in fact again it's uh, very important to remember about participation in internet and social media that is a choice nobody's forcing you to do it and there are different strategies that you can choose to adopt the there's the i don't want to do it there is the i'm gonna put puppies and flowers and the odds are we are probably not gonna get too much hatred with puppies and flowers or you can decide you can have conversations that other than face-to-face -face are dangerous conversation because they will be misunderstood they will lead to bad arguments they will lead to people wanting your head and all of that right and there's a good amount of folks that just like to shit on stuff absolutely just to throw bombs around but again if you make that choice remember that it's you chose it yeah and don't be surprised when somebody's then pissed off and so on it's like it's i mean i had a guy this is fantastic speaking of the misunderstanding of free speech and this is actually somebody who had super leftist politics, but I was a complete asshole to everybody on my feed. He was just like, you know, very, within a second, somebody said one word that was perfectly in line with his ideas, and his response was all like, fuck you, you're a demented idiot, you mother deserve to be murdered, and, you know, that kind of stuff. And you're like, okay, that just... I don't give a fuck what opinions you have, you know, when you get to that place, that's a dark, ugly place. I'm done. Block. You know, we're done. So then he came onto my public page on Facebook, screaming about, um, uh, I hate free speech and I'm censoring him. And I'm like, time out. L let me explain to you. This machine got nothing to do with free speech. That's not free speech, bitch. That's just not <laughs> what that means. Again, it's that great uh, Princess Bride line. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Yep. You know? <laughs> it's, you know, if you decide to be rude on my wall and I block you because I don't want to deal with your general shitty attitude, that's not a free speech issue. You have the right to say whatever they want. Yep. I have the right not to listen to that shit pretty simple you yeah. know it's not a no no you must listen to everything i say yeah it's like just and agree life is short enough you choose where you want to put your time conversations where people uh, decide like i don't i don't mind when people have different opinions doesn't bother me again unless the opinion is uh you know we should murder everybody who doesn't have my skin color then i do mind you know but otherwise Differences of opinion, that's fine. We can have differences of opinion. Sure. The key element to me is being rude or being pleasant. You know, if you approach a discussion being pleasant, we can disagree all you want. We can go back and forth for a while until we decide we both have better stuff to do, but it's not a bad thing. That's fine. But if you decide to be rude, again, in person, that's not going to fly well. Don't think that online, somehow I have to listen to your shit. It's like, I don't want to have that in my life. I don't want to hear it block immediately that used to be that i didn't block anybody then i started blocking people now i'm actively posting stuff specifically to draw out people that i know <laughs> are gonna to go get and you need to go too and it's like now i have a good reason to block you go and um and i think it's important really to just make that as a conscious choice or now you so rather than Again, all the crying about cancel culture and free speech to me is bullshit because the reality is like, yeah, welcome to life on earth and the way the human psyche works. You know, if you have a problem with those things, and again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't, in theory, in an ideal world, people who shouldn't want to murder you for your opinions, but you have a problem with the human psyche. That's just how it works. That's just nature in a way. It's not even, it's not about today, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube banning you. It's the way the human psyche has always worked and will always work. To expect otherwise, uh, I mean, I don't know how else to call it other than delusional. It's just not the way it works. Is, uh, so given that, knowing where the minds are in a minefield, choose where you want to step. And, and then whatever choice you make is fine as long as you are 
willing to play by that choice, but willing to play by those rules at that point. Don't be surprised, in other words. You know, I don't want to, you know, I'll, if I decide to... Fuck, we have done, like, think about it, like, sponsor, right? Good old uh, Datsusara thing. He took a very dramatic political turn in one direction. If we wanted to keep the sponsorship, I should have kept my mouth shut about certain things. I should have never expressed an opinion that clashed with his, and then it would have worked. That wasn't going to work. That wasn't going to work, because I'm like, I don't care. You know, I'll say it. And then he canceled the sponsorship. Do I scream, I've been censored, my free speech? is like, dude, the motherfucker should be free to spend his money where he wants to. If he wants to spend money on... He should be free to put the money behind the stuff that he agrees with. If suddenly he changed dramatically his thing and he disagrees with us, I can think he's an asshole for other reasons, but in terms of his freedom to make that choice... Nobody's stopping you. Totally legitimate. I'm not surprised. I'm not bothered. I'm not any of that. I'm just like, it sucks for personal reasons, but on a... Like, it would be perverted for me to expect otherwise, to expect that the guy's supposed to support something because, what, free speech? Fuck that, you know. It's like, same as Disney decide that Gina Carano is dangerous for their brand or they don't like their ideas or a combination of the two. How is that surprising? You know, how is it good old Michael Jordan, even Republicans buy shoes when they <laughs> ask him, you know, why don't you make <laughs> statements about this and that? I'm like, dude, I'm not playing that game. I have my opinions, I have my beliefs, my friends know them, and then uh, in public, I'm a basketball player and I sell shoes. And uh, leave me alone, I don't want to get into it. Do I agree or disagree? Immaterial. It's a choice, and he follows through accordingly, and it makes sense to him. And so respect for the fact that somebody decides that's his choice and that's where he should go. I think we all need to make that choice. And then leave with those consequences. This is the most depressing episode we've ever done. Why? Well, generally, I think we're always moving towards maybe there's a way to find a way out of this. But uh, you're, I think you're right. Human nature. This is the way. When the monkeys climbed out of the trees and picked up rocks, yeah. um, we've been set that way ever since. And it, where there seems like there's people reaching out and trying to do, yep. there's so many others that are just like, fuck it, my way or the highway, that there really doesn't seem like... We're going to make our way out of it. Luckily for us, the Earth will probably make the decision for us. Well, did, I did mean, you see that the uh, Atlantic currents are the slowest they've been in 1,600 years? No. Yeesh. And when that slows down, you talk about crazy weather. Right. This has just been a gentle introduction. Lovely. Yeah, I mean, I think he's... Um... Yeah. I still have a monogram of hope, but it seems every year it gets crushed a little further that... People kind of suck really badly, and now we're in this world where every lunatic can put anything they want out there sure. and then build their wall there on insanity a lot of times. Well, then again, you know, let's remember that's all true, right? There's not one word of that that I disagree with. At the same time, let's remember the 10,000 beautiful things that have happened that would have never happened without certain technologies that would uh, that show you that there are some pleasant, sweet, and surprisingly amazing human beings. That there's so to me, it's not a complete gloom and doom thing. It's like if you take a fair assessment of reality, you'll see lots of ugly stuff, lots of hopeless ugly stuff, and lots of stuff that's fantastic and inspiring. To me, that's the DNA of life, you know. It's like you, we can sit here in the sun recording, it's fun. There's a sauna that's going to be completed over there and I'm going to have a blast hanging out in the sauna. There's this and that. And I had a zillion people close to me dying and terrible things happen and I can't do anything about it. No. Both of those are real. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not that... I think for comfort, people choose to be either hardcore pessimist or hardcore optimist and just only look at one side of the equation because it feels easier to deal with it. You're definitely not switching your bet in that, so you're at least sticking with your side. Yeah, you you know, you know choose to view things positively all the time and you kind of force yourself not to look at the ugly stuff or you rationalize it. Or you choose to look at all the ugly stuff because you cannot keep it out of your sight. 
and in then because you embrace this pessimistic identity then you forget about all the good stuff and you choose not to look at it yeah to me it's like no you are tied between two horses running in opposite directions and they are both real you know and that's the gig you know being able to keep both together a knowledge that both are real while not being torn apart from it it's a skill you know it's not it's not an easy endeavor at the same time that's a reality you know oh, that's yeah. just where reality is it's not all gloom and doom it's not all ugly and terrible not all human beings are assholes you'd be surprised a thousand times by beautiful things that happen by beautiful human beings you run into and yes a lot of them are horrible and terrible things will happen and and to me it's like that's the duality of life right i had a crazy moment last week i was driving my son off at work and as he's going in he's like oh there's a homeless person he's like that person's always in my store stealing i just can't stand her so i just decided to see what that person was doing uh-huh and she was going along the first thing she couldn't have been she's probably my daughter's age right and she's picking cigarette butts up in this time like off the ground right talking to herself yeah completely lost and I don't know why I'm so ignorant, but at 50, it came to me, why isn't there somebody I can call to help this person? Or what could I could do? I mean, I think interacting with her directly wasn't going to sure. help with anything because she's... In the wrong world. Right. In her wrong world, for sure. Um, but then the thoughts of what happens to her on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. And my mind got wild and horrible. And I'm sure I wasn't far from the possibilities. Yep. And to have a society where that's just fine and they're everywhere and yep. just hope they don't stab you one day. Uh, Pretty much. I, I guess I was, surely I'm fully aware of it the whole time, but for some reason it just all clicked at once. Like we can do so much better, but people would rather bitch and whine about ridiculous shit than address, man. You're either on team human or you're not. So if you're on team dollar sign, then you're the enemy. Yeah, and I think it's it's easier to become uh, extremely selfish because that's where you have more of a degree of control over Certainly. your own. Till the lights go out. My bank account. My, of course, of yeah. course. You know, it's like if you're not addressing systemic things, your little happy island can only remain so for so long before eventually the whole castle of cards come tumbling down. At the same time, of course, if you start thinking, I need to fix the entire universe, yeah, good luck with that, because it's probably not going to happen anytime soon. Well, that was addressing what we said earlier. It's starting locally. Like, on my level, yeah. a single person in my town, there should be something, somebody, we, and we don't, no, nothing like that exists. You can call a cop's honor. I guess you could call the loony bin. And in that scenario, that's where some, I mean, in that case, it's hard because you don't even know what the good choice is. Right. In some cases, it's a choice, but it comes at a price. And of course, you cannot make it all the time or for everybody. But right. like, and and sometimes I think it's okay to accept the randomness of it. It's like today I feel that I can put that energy out there. Tomorrow I can't. The day after I can again. And rather than trying to stick to a universal principle of I should always be this way toward everybody, accept the fact that some days you have the energy and some days you don't. Sure. You know, like recently. I, it happened a few times in life where I surprised myself by being uh, nicer than I normally would to some people in practical ways. You know, somebody need... Uh, I remember being broke as fuck as uh, in college and some girl was freaking out about... And I wasn't even... It wasn't like I was into her or I wanted to do something that would get her to go like, oh, Daniel is amazing. I want to jump in his pants or something like that. It wasn't like that at all. But like... As if that ever happened. <laughs> She was really in bad shape with like credit card debt, and it was minimal credit card debt. I forget what it was, but it was like eight hundred dollars, something like that, right? And uh, I didn't, you know, I barely had that money, right? But I was like, tell you what, if I paid for you, can you please try to get it back to me? Because um, again, once you give money to somebody, you don't know if it ever comes back, and you should accept that that's a possibility. But it's like, I really don't have it to spare, but like, can we, that way you don't have to pay extra charges from here to forever. And so I do it for this one person. 
And by the way, it worked. I actually got my, took a while, but I got my money back. But like the next time, so, you know, how many people do you know that have that problem? Like five zillion, you can do it for everybody. You right. can't even do it for 10, but that one day hits you right. And rather than saying, well, if unless I'm doing it for everybody, then I should be conceited. It's like, no, be nice when you're able to. When you have that impulse, when you have that energy, when you have that ability to give that tiny extra to make the world around you better, do it. That does not mean that now you're required to do it every single time because you're going to run out of energy and you're going to feel guilty and all that shit. It's like you do it when you can. You do it when when the stars align and it works the way you go for it. And it's a cool, sweet choice. And other times you don't beat yourself up when you don't feel that you can do it. That seems appropriate. Yeah, I mean, because that way it rescues you from that feeling of like, oh, it's all good, gloom and doom, nothing can ever be better, or unless I see a real, real changes on a mass level, then no effort is worth it, you know? Some efforts are worth it. For that person that day, you make a difference for them. You don't have either the cash or the energy to do it the next day, and that's okay too. That's acceptable. You accept your limitations, you know? So it's... um. It's the usual surfing game of like on one end there's com being completely delusional in a way that you overextend yourself and on the other side is way depressing and cynical and you don't do anything. No. And you're flirting with the realism slash let's try to make life a little better line. That's the room for error is there's error in every direction and there's about an inch where you keep it together. Learning how to play within that inch is an art. And I think that's the gig, man. So is it a solution? No, it's not a, here are the 12 rules to follow to have a better life. It's not like that. <laughs> I wish you was that simple. Or the 12 rules to make a better society. Exactly. Because we like, clearly not figured that out anywhere yet. No, good luck with that. But still, it doesn't mean that there isn't a tiny space to work with to try to make things more pleasant around you. This, by the way, it's all bullshit. I don't believe any of it. It's just I'm an evil communist slash fascist slash something, and I'm just trying to portray myself uh, nicer than the evil totalitarian that I am. But, you know. And, and I have to go back to the boot factory, so. Yes, and I should emphasize I hate free speech. I think we should cancel everybody. Censorship is awesome. So I'm glad we perfectly understood each other. I think that'll do it. Yay. Music means one thing. That's the end of another fine episode of the Drunken Thousand Podcast. So those of you who have not canceled us, we're still here. Yes, for until you cancel us. Yeah. But, hey. I think that was level-headed. I mean, I thought my original posts were level-headed, but I got... And again, you know, most people well, I got... Somebody's going to go. There's no question. Yeah. But it's, come on. You can't yeah, say whatever you want to. But that's what I mean. Even that's part of the gig, right? I say something that I think is level-headed. If it's, again, anything other than puppies and flowers, you're bound to have somebody who's going to be pissed. No matter how nuanced or level-headed you made your argument or you think you made your argument... That's just the nature of the beast. Either you accept that that's how it is or don't use those tools. Pretty simple. <sighs> See, now I miss my flat earthers from the star parties. Right. That's just always the best. I was actually thinking, as I was saying, even about puppies and flowers, I'm like, puppies, <sighs> you monster, how can you get that kind of puppy when it's a breed that's done this way? It's like, or you'll get the uh, the folks from the post office who literally wear T-shirts to say, all dogs bite. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so maybe even puppies and flowers are not that safe. But you can drop a tiny bit of post office knowledge because I'm going to have plenty of it here shortly. <laughs> Do you know why they think that the postman gets attacked by the dogs? Why? Do tell. Because they're walking through yards. They're walking through the street. So by the time you're midway through your route, you've stomped through 700 puddles of piss. That gets on your pants a little bit. So you show up as almost an aggressive pack. Oh, I see. So you get the urine, you know, sense of thirty different dogs and cats. Hackles up, the... and they really think that's the reason. Interesting. Could be them crazy blue pants, but yeah, it's that worth, almost made sense. It's worth experimenting with that theory. 
That's, dog spray, yes. whacking stick, satchel, ready for battle. Yeah, getting beat by a dog is never fun. I love nope. dogs, but yeah, getting beat sucks. All dogs bite. Nature of the game. <laughs> cool, man. Thank you so much for showing up. Thank you guys for listening. And we wish you all a very good day. Bye, everybody. Yay. Sweet. D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. Good shit. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dows Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Danielli at D-Bolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo! Don't want to hear this. No, you don't. In questo cazzo, in questo caso, le providenza di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, huh? Eh? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs> this was great. It's fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've been yeah, having a great hour nice. here. Dun, dun, dun. Completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're outro. Oh, we're out. Okay, sorry. So that's so let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and uh, uh, your accent? It just whatever that movie is you were trying to tell can me. Can you about. translate for me, please? I believe the word was tombstone. Yeah, that one exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> now, most everybody thought. <coughs> sorry. Well. <coughs> We'll do a cut on there. Or not. That was something else. <laughs> no, that's a bit too powerful. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work. Funky. Podcasting. It's like radio, but you can cuss. I'm 50 now. Can you fucking believe that? <laughs> I was melancholy about it for like a good month. Like, uh. But I think I was more worried about dying at 49. <laughs> <laughs> so making it to 50. Making the 50 is uh, like, fuck it. I think Louis C.K. may be a monster, but he had a great line. No one, get, there's no candlelight vigils for somebody over 50. <laughs> he had his chance. Why?